Hello and welcome to the first episode of What Happened Tech Edition. I'm your host, Tyler Callahan, and this is where I go over the latest tech news and topics. For the first episode, I will be going over WWDC 2019. So it is June, and every June, Apple has their Worldwide Developer Conference, where they show off the latest software and sometimes a bit of hardware. So where should we start? Let's start with the small stuff like watchOS and tvOS. WatchOS 6 was announced and with it includes new watch faces and apps such as calculator and voice memo. Apple Watch will also be able to run apps independently, not needing the iPhone. You'll also be able to download these independent apps directly from the new app store on the Apple Watch. Overall, WatchOS 6 is a small but nice update for the Apple Watch and I'll be definitely getting more use out of it. TVOS is also getting a small but nice update with TVOS 13. TVOS 13 introduced a new home menu with a new design and support for multiple users, which will offer personal recommendations for each. There's also now Lyric support for Apple Music, which is something I felt that should have already been there, but I guess not. Lastly, what I think is probably the biggest news here is support for PS4 and Xbox One controllers. This is big because if Apple is serious about their game service, they need to have accessories to make it easier to play games, and having two of the most well-known controllers helps a lot. Also, controller support is coming to iOS 13 and iPadOS. It is not just exclusive to Apple TV. Speaking of iPadOS, let's talk about that, shall we? iPadOS is a spin-off of iOS, as the name suggests, it's for iPads. I guess Apple feels the iPad is different enough from other iOS devices that it needs its own OS, which I understand. So what is happening to the iPad? Well, The home screen is getting a change with the addition of a widget section on the left side. These are the widgets you have in iOS now if you just keep swiping to the left already. Besides that, there is now support for SD cards and USB flash drives to transfer files to apps. Before, it was just support for SD cards to transfer photos to photo apps. Safari is getting an upgrade to being a, quote, desktop class browser. This means support for more desktop-based websites such as Google Docs and WordPress and a proper download manager. Very nice. The Apple Pencil is actually getting better with this update by reducing the latency between an iPad and the Pencil from 20 milliseconds to 9. The iPad now, not so secretly, supports mouse with it being an accessibility feature in settings. People have tested and it supports both USB and Bluetooth mice. Overall, this is a big update for iPads and answers a lot of people's complaints, which is that, yeah, the hardware is very powerful, but the software just does not match it. With this update, iPads are about to become a lot more useful iOS 13 is next, and for the most part, like last year, it is a small update. The biggest addition is dark mode, which, when turned on, is system-wide changing all first-party apps. Some Apple apps are also getting a refresh, including photos, notes, and reminders. A nice addition is the ability to rotate a video within photos, again, something that should have been there by now. Memoji is getting an update with the ability to customize yours with makeup and also turn your Memoji into stickers that you can send to friends and family. Apple Maps is getting new, more detailed maps, with the United States getting it by the end of the year, and then rolling out internationally in 2020. While I'm looking forward to dark mode, I was also hoping for a more substantial update to iOS. At least, that's what some of the rumors alluded to. Still, there are a few good changes here, and I hope for a bigger change in iOS 14, like maybe changing the home screen a bit. Moving over to computers, we got macOS with Catalina. That's right, it's the fucking Catalina wine mixer here. And what did it bring? The death of iTunes. Yep, the biggest change, as it was rumored, is that iTunes is going away, and in its place is three apps, music, TV, and podcasts. Now, it is not dead dead, as Apple has not said what happens to iTunes on Windows yet, and older Macs who cannot get the Catalina update will obviously still be using iTunes. If you used iTunes for device management, device management will now be found in Finder. 
There's a new system-wide voice control as an accessibility feature, which is a great addition. If you have an iPad, you can use that as a second screen with a new feature called Sidecar. Lastly, this is nothing big yet, but it is laying groundwork for the future, and that is Project Catalyst. This is the project announced last year that allows developers to turn iOS apps into Mac apps. Some companies like Twitter have already announced that they will do so. I want to be more excited about this, but I need to see what some developers can do with this. All the software here has a developer beta available now with a public release sometime in the fall. However, there's one more thing we need to talk about, and that is the new Mac Pro. Upgrading from a trash can to a cheese grater. The new Mac Pro was unveiled after years of anticipation. Running the Mac Pro is an Intel Xeno processor with up to 28 cores and support for up to 1.5 terabytes of RAM. That's right, terabytes, not gigabytes. For ports, we got four USB-C slash Thunderbolt 3 ports, two on the back, two on top, as well as two USB Type-A ports. It also has wheels that you can add on the rolls around as well if you need to. While this is a beast of a computer, it does not come cheap, starting at $5,999. While that seems expensive, it is not meant for the average consumer, rather the high-end professionals. If you are just doing video or photo editing, iMac Pro or iMac will be just fine, and if you're into gaming, you should be building your own PC anyway. Now if you do get this, you should pair it with a nice monitor. How about the new Pro Display XDR, which is a new 32-inch 6K display starting at $4,999 from Apple. Previously, Apple displays were usually outsourced to LG, but this one, they've brought it back in-house. Going back to the price, I did say starting at $4,999 because if you want the stand for it, that is another $999. And if you do need the VESA mount adapter for it, that is another $299. Now, I saw a lot of people freak out about the stand price, and I do understand it is expensive. Uh, therefore, Apple, I feel, should have just bundled it with the monitor and raised the price $500, $2,000. Like, oh, the monitor is $5,500 or it's $6,000. But it includes the stand, so people wouldn't freak out. So that was it from WWDC this year, and that's it for the first episode of What Happened Tech Edition. Thank you for listening. See you next time.